Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. It is CISO Thursdays. We have awesome people here today with us. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome people hire great talent. We have, oh, before we get started, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to all of our channels. Press whatever button is supposed to be down there. Um, the subscribe button. Um, so subscribe, follow, do follow all things. For all of us, all of us, okay? Let's, let's spread the love here. All right, now. Let's get started. Dan Schaefer, introduce yourself, please. Uh, Dr. Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. Uh, I help people uh, sell mistakes. I sell mistakes to people. I find that uh, what I really enjoy doing is looking for what's missing in deals. And uh, frequently, it's not observable to most people, but we find what's missing. It gets in the way of things happening. I have to drop off for another call. But uh, I hope to see you guys again next week and uh, have a great day today with this ex unbelievable group of people you have on this call. So awesome. goodbye, guys. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> In and out. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Buckwalter. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Uh, Naomi Buckwalter here to help you guys break into cybersecurity. And uh, I love this group. Uh, you guys give me life. Thursday is my favorite day. Thursdays is our favorite day too. James, the James Azar. Last time I did not bow. I will bow today and say we missed hello. The bow last time we did miss the bow. Hi, I'm a CISO and host of the uh, CISO Talk podcast. Excellente. Our guest for today, Greg McCord. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg McCord. I'm the Global Head of Information Security for Calamp. We're a technology company, SaaS, and we embed devices to help your company uh, you know, perform, optimize logistics, transportation, and more stuff around that area. So glad to be on, and uh, I can't wait to help out the, the, the community here. From the West Coast. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Fulon. West Coast, but is it the best coast? Um, we'll leave that to to others. Um, Tupac, I, would, would, Tupac would take you to battle on that <laughs> one. <man>. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> hey everyone, Chris Alfalon, um, co-host of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, security consultant, and uh, cybersecurity career coach, and all around awesome human. So we are going to kick it off today with Naomi. Um, we have, you know, there's so much going on in the news. Um, and so many sad things. I mean, it's just hearing about the Asian community. So Naomi, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, it is a sad topic. Um, if you guys haven't seen the news, a, a recent attack happens the other day in Atlanta, Georgia, where several members of the Asian community ha were murder murdered. Um, the police think it might be a hate crime, but it hasn't been charged as such. Um, but the fact is that, you know, Asian Americans, the Asian community is sometimes just seen as the invisible people. Like we sometimes aren't given any kind of uh, attention and maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but, you know, it's it's great to just be aware of these things and talk about it. So I know it's kind of a sadder topic, but as an Asian American, I have been bullied and I have been randomly cursed at for no reason. Um, and just so you know, it does happen. People who were born here and who are raised here who have never been to China, me. <laughs> like So um, just be aware of if you are experiencing it, mention it to somebody, um, share your experiences, because the more we talk about it, the more we say it's not okay. Because if it's hidden in the shadows, we normalize it and we think this behavior is acceptable. Um, and just like the Me Too movement, just like the Black Lives Matter movement, we need to all come together and say what has been happening. And the more people who hear our stories and can share their experiences, um, the more we realize that we are all one human race. And uh, if we just remember that, we will be better for it. Thank you for bringing up that uh, important topic, Naomi. And definitely, uh, I know the community has been experiencing that, especially with some of the past presidencies blaming 
pandemics on certain regions of the world, um, things like that. It's definitely something that's been happening more and more, and uh, we shouldn't tolerate it. Yeah, I, I just know from from my experience in the whole scenario. My 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 wife is Asian. Um, she's Thai, but you know she. We had to go through the whole scenario when the whole thing kicked off over a year ago, and now it's back again. Where we have to, you know, I, I, I'll say it in a security way, we had to put protective measures in place, right, to to help guard the family and and those in our community. So I mean, I for me personally, and I, I just understand why why we have this kind of kind of internal hate that's kind of built up towards different people when when we're all people at the end of the day. So anyhow, ho- hopefully we can uh, overcome some of these challenges, work together and, and, and kind of get through this, right? Because we're, we're all we're all we're all people in the matter and, and, and look forward to help drive that change. If we remember that we're Americans first, that tends to kind of start eliminating some of this stuff and kind of understanding that we're, we're all on the same team. Um, you know, I'm a member of the Jewish faith and, uh, you know, we were, uh, I'm often targeted by hate speech <laughs> and, and our, our shul's been targeted with bomb threats and all kinds of stuff. And I know that with what happened here locally, cause I am in Georgia and, and some of the uh, crimes that happened here, uh, uh, the last few days have all been uh, all too close to home. We've reached out as a community to say, share how we deal with, you know, hate coming our way, you know, to, to, to our, you know, Asian American counterparts. Cause you know, I go to shul on Saturday and we are armed because we don't know who might want to decide to come in and shoot us while we're praying. So, um, you know, nonetheless, we have a, a guy, we have two armed guards at our shul every Saturday, irregardless to anything. Armed guards, head to toe, former Marine guys. Unreal. So if we just focused on being American first, we, we might be in a better, we might, we might eliminate some of this hate. One of the, the amazing things, just looking at the screen of the diversity that we have here, um, I absolutely love it. Ditto to what James said. I mean, I don't have to, as a, a black woman, I mean, you know, all the stuff that happened last year and having this podcast during, through all of, you know, last year and years in the past. I mean, it's just, it's it's unreal, Um for more and more hate to be out here like this. And it's just to, to, to James's point, we are Americans, everyone here, we're in this country and it's all, we're all here together, hopefully for the same or similar reasons. So it's just unfortunate, beyond unfortunate when anyone gets murdered and it's a hate crime. Well, I mean, to, to kind of go to Naomi's point, you've got universities now that have a quota of how many Asian Americans they'll let in. There's there's lawsuits against Ivy League universities because their Asian American population is larger than any other population in their schools, and now they're reducing how many Asian Americans can get into their to that school. I mean, this is you know what happened in Atlanta two days ago. Horrible. That guy, you know, he did. He found a place to do it. Georgia, we have the death penalty in Georgia. <laughs> Welcome to the ugly South, buddy. <laughs> There's the Bible Belt. You're gonna get to talk to Jesus right before we inject you. I promise you that. But but you will burn. Um, welcome to Georgia. Um, but you know, but but you've got universities that that this is happening. And when we talk about breaking into you know infosec, and we talk about minorities breaking into infosec. You know, one of the most interesting statistics is that the, I think, what is it in IT, you know, not even InfoSec, but I think IT is like 53% um, um, white or Asian men. Mm-hmm. I thought it was greater, but we're yeah. looking to change that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you talk about, you know, you think about history with some of this stuff in, in, um, universities not wanting to bring people in. I was reading about the SAT, I believe. Do you hear an echo? A little bit. Okay, I'll pause then. 
I'll let you guys talk while I No, no, go ahead. The, the echoes is pretty much small. It's, it's went away. Okay. Yeah. Um, just the SATs and like how at the time, I think it was, if I remember correctly, the Jewish community, you know, was getting too many entrants into colleges um, in the Ivy Leagues back then. And we already know about what you, the reason why HBCUs were stood up because African-Americans could not get into these universities. I mean, it just... It's just so um, unbelievable that it's just happening over and over again. It's like different um, uh, races. A different minority groups. group. Yeah, it's just a different minority group. Same you know, playbook. Same playbook for 100 years or, or more, hundreds of years, quite frankly. Yeah, same playbook, different minority group, different adversary every time. Um, you know, we're, we're, we have to look beyond what you see and it's very interesting because you know uh, <laughs> you know that your eyes don't see color like think how interesting that is that your eye when it sees an image it's actually communicating the different race to your brain and your brain creates an image hmm. remember that movie uh what's it called um um hal with uh jack black what was it I forgot the name of the movie, but but it was with uh, um, Tony Robbins, where Tony Robbins puts a spell on Jack Black, where he no longer sees women. He sees their per his his brain essentially makes women appear. It's like with Gwyneth Paltrow. It's like I think Gwyneth Paltrow is like yeah. the worst movie ever. She had to kiss Jack Black that entire movie. Shallow Hal. Yeah. Shallow Hal. Right. But but it's it's very like science to me is like very fascinating because the human brain is is absolutely fascinating, and so when you think of the fact that we're kind of when you see how children see people and the way children behave to specific people and then how we as adults like how that entire behavior it's because of the rays and and how our brain you know kind of looks at that stuff it's it's like we're... I, yeah and, and i'd like to add too because um we're, we're talking about education we're talking about children and it made me think of back last March and then and, and kind of the events that uh, you know happened literally right after where well, I had to have a conversation with my son, like, like there are certain things that people are going to say to you, but you need to be strong. So I, I, I never had, I never thought in my, in my life I'd have to have that conversation, but based on things that we've seen, even in my own neighborhood and, and, and I live in Pleasantville. So it's, it's, it's like, okay, well, I now I have to have this conversation, but it made me it made me think and go back. It's like, well, we hate has to be taught. And, and going back to Jane's point and Renee's point, like all all that hate has to be taught, right? So it made me think, okay, well, now we've got to go back to how are our, how are our children taught at the very beginning, and how how do we address some of these changes, you know, at, at the beginning of life rather than having to come back and go back around and address hate, right? Which is what we're all trying to do today, and. It, I, I really applaud that effort because that's going to lead to those earlier uh, changes that, that absolutely have to be made. And to add to, to that, um, just like children need to be trained, our AI systems need to be trained. And there's so much bias in our current AI systems because they are being predominantly trained by white males and they're they have to have those patterns that you're being trained with re-examined to ensure that they don't have those biases in there. Um, so that's why we, that's why Renee and I have always been pushing since the beginning to have that diversity in cybersecurity because we need the different views, the different backgrounds, especially when it comes to training things like AI because they're going to be the the fundamentals of how some things are making decisions going forward. And we need to have those models programmed better from the start and not just finding the mistakes later. Yeah, that's an I excellent point. Go ahead, Naomi. And that's an excellent point that Chris made. It's not just <clears throat> not just the software that's being built currently, but even if you just Google the words working woman or working mother, and you keep that up on one screen. On the other screen, you you Google the images for working father. And you'll notice quite a difference in just the type of people and the type of images that come up. It's hilarious to me where the working mother, uh, her image is just like very, very uh, archaic and very just like 
like the way that it, a working mother is normally presented in the media. And then you get a working father who's got a briefcase and it's just a man at the office. He doesn't have any children in the images with him. And uh, to me, that's just one of those things where, man, it's just normalized and we're, we're just kind of used to it by now. But is that something that we want our children to see and our, the generations after us? Can we fix it now? Can we call it out now for what it is, which is complete BS? And uh, yeah, let's just fix that. Yeah, it's, it's almost like when, when we're talking about applying code to an SDLC process or CICD pipeline, you move it towards where all the testing and development is done. So it, it goes back to my earlier comment, teaching the children you know, from the beginning and it's and it's not a process that can happen overnight. I mean, look over the last hundred years and how much progress we've made, especially in American society that, that that's kind of reflected across the globe, right? Oh, we talk about the women's suffrage movement. We talk about civil rights. We talk about all these different areas that have. Actually, it's a little bit more than hundred years. Man, it's been a long time. So I mean, it's a, a lot. A lot of progress has happened, and and I, we can't let this one slide, and we can't let the last one slide, and we can't let the last one before that slide. We have to we have to take the momentum and, and get that change and apply that change to you know get it to our children get it to us around us and, and keep the momentum going. Yeah, and, and security and decode into production. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting that in there. So I want to shout out some people. They made some great comments. I've had John's up here, and he said this panel is the perfect depiction of what America looks like, and. Um, Sharifat said, thanks for raising this. Um, and then some of our David Brin says, I love getting the reminder you guys are live Thursdays afternoons. Cedric says, hello, he's back. Mafuz says, that was the quickest exit after an intro I've ever seen. <laughs> Every week without fail, James says something controversial is somewhere another this week. But I can scientifically back up this comment because your light receptors within the eyes, that that, what they actually do transmit, and it produces a familiar sensation of color. So technically, scientifically speaking, you don't really see color. The light transmitters and your brain functions to produce color. That's why some people are colorblind. There you go. Pow! Color in your face. Take that. (laughs) Science can't argue with facts. You have to show blind. Facts don't give a shit about your feelings. Colors don't have a U in there either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah again. Mafuz, they're all over you, man. <laughs> the freed people of the old monarchy have devoured the U. We took the U out. We took it out. Very true. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Greg, you are our guest today. Tell us about what you're seeing when it comes to security. You know, this is our breaking into cybersecurity CISO Thursdays, and we almost always talk about um, what we're doing to have people break into the industry. So tell us what you're seeing, you know, from your perspective. And Naomi always has some hot topics going on on her her. Her LinkedIn is continuously blowing up when it comes to uh, uh, leaders and hiring talent. So, Greg, what do you see in, in, in when it comes to, you know, fo- folks breaking in? Well, I, I'm still seeing some of the, the, the kind of the same old adages. You need like three to five years of experience on an entry level position. And, and, and that just drives me nuts. Right. Um, and, and then I saw a bunch of other uh, conversations on LinkedIn talking about the same thing, as well as, you know, uh, th- this whole thing around resumes. Right. Like I, I've been trying to I, I've been mulling around in my head. It's like, well, how do we get to the individual? How do we get to the person and discuss you know, who they really are, the qualifications they really have and the ambitions to, to, that really help them grow? Right. And, and, and no one resume is going to solve the problem and, and, and no real like, job description is going to help it either. So, I mean, I, I know for us, I, a lot of the things that I'm seeing is I still see a lot of that, but I'm also applying at least that change within my organization is I'll, I'll, I'll add additional kind of lines in there to kind of get me in front of the person versus, okay, here's a resume, right? Now, there are obviously, there, there's going to be some red flags and, and, and you can kind of tell when somebody's just putting fluff in something, um, which is why you have to kind of go through that process. But uh, a lot of the things I'm still seeing today kind of centers around that. Um, Going to like more specific around security topics and, and kind of the vulnerabilities that I'm seeing out there, there is a crap ton and it just keeps growing. 
And, um, you know, having seen like over the last few months where ransomware has kind of jumped and ticked up, we've seen increased phishing and all this working from home stuff. Um, I, I haven't seen the end in sight yet. I haven't seen, you know, kind of the one thing that kind of helps pull this stuff together and, and really drive drive home to addressing all these things. Um, except for except for a few exceptions. I see James, I see Naomi, I see all these wonderful folks on LinkedIn looking at addressing, you know, change from multi-perspective and, and ensuring that cybersecurity gets out there. So I, I think from a positive trend, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job getting out there, um, notifying the community, letting us know, um, helping others break into the community. And, you know, I, I, I look at it every day and, and I, I take a lot of the things that you guys say and I apply it um, to, to my work day to try to get one, enable others, apply it to my daily processes. And, to, and just make the overall just just make it a better life for all of us in cybersecurity. With the the pivot to everyone working more remotely, um, any recommendations for those looking to break in and to network with uh, senior professionals like yourself that um, wouldn't otherwise be able to network with you if there was in person events, things like that. Yeah, I mean, you had the virtual events, so you kind of just have to uh, wade yourself through the pool of like 100 different virtual events a week. Um, but I, I would always go back to what what is the thing that, that really drives you? What's your passion, right? You, you want to break into cybersecurity, but but there's a million different routes to go, right? I know some folks want to be in compliance. I don't know who. Uh, and then you've got other folks that want to be in pen testing and, you know, all the fun stuff, right? But, but what really drives your passion at the end of the day? And then, I mean, a simple Google search can tell you where to go, whether it be meetup.com, LinkedIn, um, and, and do your own research on the end of it, right? Now, one piece of advice I do have is not every company is going to be able to provide you that detailed training, for, for example, when you get in. So you're going to have to do a lot of stuff on your own, on your own time to, to get, I don't want to say the word caught up, but, but, but to really get that experience. Right. Like, so if you do like a cloud guru or Udemy or, or and, then, and there's a billion others, right. That are out there um, leveraging that to get that experience for the area that you really want to go. And it's fairly cheap too. Right. So. And in regards to um, your hiring process, you mentioned you're making some small changes. What, mm -hmm. what, um, what progressive changes are you making to um, help at least change things within your sphere? Yeah, and ours, like, I'll, I'll put the standard like one to two or three or four or whatever, the years of experience, but I'll always add like a line kind of near towards the bottom around um, looking for an individual that's willing to learn, right? So it's, it's kind of my, my, my catch-all. Um, so, and I personally review all the resumes as they come in, right, for, for anyone on the team to, just to kind of help them along because I, I tend to have the most experience. And I would say I, I've gotten to this position, right? And I'm trying to teach that to the rest of the team members too. So not not just to look at the resume at face value, you gotta you gotta learn to read between the lines a little bit too. Now on the side, what I've also done is I've ensured that I, I've got to be through the whole process with oh, see, and he's gone. <laughs> Ask the question and he's gone. Um, I've also tried to make sure that I'm I'm there with the recruiters. So when they're having the conversations, I help guide their conversations as well to really pick out those who are willing to learn. And again, a job description, a resume is just words on paper at the end of the day. Um, we, we've got to talk to the folks. So I, I, I try to get that kind of thought process down to the recruiter as well. It's like, look, here, here are some of the things I've asked. Like, how do you make a peanut butter jelly sandwich? Always a great interview question. And, and then a bunch of others, right, that are, that, that are more about the person, how they approach a situation. And then we can talk about specific skill sets, right? Because at the end of the day, I need somebody who can come in and, and you know hit the ground running. But you don't necessarily need to know everything about Azure DevOps or AWS Lambda or, or everything in there. It's as long as you can figure it out. I'm so happy to hear you talk about um, sitting with the recruitment team. Mm -hmm. Because so many times, you know, even I was yesterday or this morning, I was reading Naomi's um one of her many, I call them uh, hot hot takes, or she calls them hot takes, <laughs> online. And in there, there's always someone saying recruiters should do this and recruiters should look at this and recruiters should do that. And 
every single time I want to write in there, recruiters take lead from the hiring managers. Recruiters do not make the decision. You know, like hiring manager says, this is what I want. The recruiter goes find, goes and finds it. And um, I really appreciate that you are sitting with your recruiters and saying, okay, because many recruiters, as I was one, had no idea what any of this was. And so by sitting with them and really having them go through and say, okay, this is the reason why I'm picking this person, while they may not look like on paper what aligns to the job description, they actually mm-hmm. could be a fit. So that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's so many different, you know, um, I'm trying to find the right words, so many different faucets that, that, that kind of go into it, right? So a recruiter has several jobs they have to fill. And not just cybersecurity, you have engineering, you have IT, you have HR, you have sales, you have marketing, all, all that type of stuff, right? And and then and then you gotta look at the person who's writing the job description, right? So you have me who's writing the job description, maybe I'm not clear. So uh and, and my job description. So I at the end of the day it's it, it's being collaborative and, and working with everyone on the team to make sure that we get the, the right process in place and working together. And that that does happen very often. <laughs> We write rewrite job descriptions. But that's why we should do like I think that's why we should do away with uh paper CVs altogether. I think like someone should submit their LinkedIn profile in a video. Like we're literally having that discussion in my org mm-hmm. that we no longer want to take paper CVs. Like I don't care what you write on a piece of paper. Because there's nothing on that piece of paper that I can't find online by a simple Google search. So what if we just had a video of one or two minutes, you know, and we set a we set a highlight to the video. I don't care about your production quality. Uh, I'm not looking for you to go put it in Adobe, you know, Premiere Pro or iMovie or anything and create like, you know, something. But just let us know who you are and why we should consider you. Send us the link to your LinkedIn profile. Make your LinkedIn profile look like, you know, what, what Zoe's saying here, which is your living resume. And... You know, we'll spend less time that way. It'll be more effective. And it gives, you know, it's 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 just like we're still doing job applications like in the 1800s. It's like it's none of this has changed. Like all this awesome technology, right? One thing stays the same, looking for a job. Right. And it's almost like uh, if if you go back, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember when the last time I did this, when you have a board interview, right? And you go into this kind of like snake pit kind of scenario, which is which is what I call it. So you have like four or five people. You have like management, you have mid-level management, upper management. You got technical folks in the room. You're like, well, how, how do I know which questions are going to get asked? I'm like, how do I, you know, address each and every one's, you know, personalities and, and scenarios, right? Like that is incredibly stressful. Because the, the one thing that they're not going to ask me is who am I, right? And, and like, how do I fit into the organization? So it's like it's it's like one of the resumes I, I just drafted up for me, to just for a little bit of fun, was like I, I'm going to create it in the way that talks about Greg and who is Greg and what are Greg's values, right? And I spent like seventy five percent of the like front page talking about my values, and then I discussed I'm like, well, these are Greg's personal values, right? Because anyone who's going to look at me is going to say well, who is Greg and, and how will he fit into the organization? Because at the end of the day, I'm interviewing them as they're interviewing me, right? So I apply those values and I apply it. Well, this is how I apply it to my work situation, right? These values apply here. And, th- and this is why I'm so passionate in the role that I'm in currently and any potential role that may happen to come my way in the future. So I, it's, it, it, it's interesting that, that we're talking about living resumes because I think each each position that, that somebody trying to get into cybersecurity is going to be challenging for them because every position is uniquely different. And I, I think as we get in front and we have those type of video kind of conversations as well as LinkedIn, it's it's going to be challenging for those. And I, I think if they continue to network, they, they continue to get in front of us in the field, we can better help them. I agree with that for sure. So a couple of good comments in here. Uh, Zoe, she had one up earlier. I feel like a resume isn't enough. You have to get to know the person or at least get familiar. I feel like LinkedIn is great because it's a living resume. David Brin says resumes are a waste of time. We have created social media for a reason. That is true. Yeah, just don't let that be Twitter. (laughs) 
Whatever you do, don't let that be Twitter. No one wants anyone to see their Twitter. Oh my gosh. Or, 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 uh, what's the new app that's out there now? Is it called Clubhouse? Clubhouse. I, 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 I love Clubhouse. I love Clubhouse. Clubhouse is the, the 2021 version of the party line from the 90s. It is. It is. It is. Listen, I was in a room yesterday with Congressman Ron Paul. With Dr. Ron Paul. Like, when do you like when do you ever get to be in a room chatting with Ron Paul? awesome it is so awesome now says interesting discussion when we were talking about earlier uh david says this goes back to our conversation last week about the importance of education in the technology space on a number of levels we have to show our youth how to be better both in cybersecurity as well as how we are designing for a more diverse world that is true well i think we have to kind of look at the world kind of going to what naomi kind of kicked us off with which is the idea of we have to start looking at the world for what it is, which is diverse by nature, right? Like diversity shouldn't be a quota. Diversity is a normal thing, yeah. right? Like it's normal. It should like. It shouldn't be a taboo. It shouldn't be something that we have to. You know what should be taboo? Everyone doing the same exact thing in one place. You know what we typically call that? Cults. Just saying. <laughs> When everyone looks the same and does the same thing in one place and don't let anyone else come in, we have a name for it. It's called a cult. <laughs> Diversity is the standard, not Diversity the deviation. The standard. Especially in the global world that we're in today. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people tend to, they, they just put us in this box in the U.S. and <laughs> what are you laughing at? There's so, <laughs> there's, there's so much. There's like, I mean, it's just so global. Naomi is funny. Um, okay, so Nora <laughs> says, hi, James, Renee, Naomi, Chris, and Greg. Good to be here via LinkedIn with you all. Thanks for educating us in the cybersecurity world. You are welcome. Hey, Nora, what's up? <laughs> This guy is so sick. No, we're not laughing at no, we're not laughing at you, Nora. <laughs> we're not laughing we're at you, Nora. You guys don't see backstage. Backstage, it's, going on backstage. There's, it's lit. Like it's, we should, you know, if, we're, we're going to start a premium membership for people to just see our <laughs> backstage. <Listeners>. <laughs> <laughs> we can go behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Oh my God, David Brin says cybersecurity video application idea. Share a desktop cast of you performing a security task to show you can navigate those kinds of tasks. Video content has become such an essential marketing tool. Job applications shouldn't be more complicated than a you advertisement showing off what you can do. The technology and platforms are there to eliminate resumes. He is true. I had, uh, I had someone do this once. Um, I, I sent them a challenge. I'm like, send me a video of you talking about yourself, how you would answer the question. Tell me about yourself. Right. And so this person sent me a video, 30 seconds. I asked for it to be 30 seconds and he did all right, I would say, but it was very scripted. So I, t- I turned back to him like, how would you answer this in an interview? And so he gave me uh, an upgraded version. It was a little less scripted, but still a little bit tight. You know, the more we did this and I kept saying, OK, try this again, but it'll be a little more human. He ended up with this amazing video and he's pretty like memorized his like 30 second story about himself now. But it's a way to practice. So as you are doing interviews and if you're not getting any feedback from the interviewers, you know, it could just be the way you're coming out. So practice, record yourself answering normal questions and see how you come off. If you come off like a robot, like this poor man did for a little bit, like you are going to seem like a robot and no one's going to want to hire you. People want to hire cool, friendly people and not weird robots. So uh, practice, record yourself answering just very standardized questions. We, If you go online, you can actually find all these questions that are very common uh, and then watch yourself. And that's how you practice. You get better. So yeah. tip it. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll get back off of that. There, 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 there's another tool I like to do. If you guys can do it in, in, in kind of your uh, conferencing platform, let's have a whiteboard up and, and just walk through like different scenarios. Like I'll have may, maybe some scenarios already drafted up, or I'll have the interviewee bring up a scenario and we talk about it, right? And that way I, I get a pretty good understanding of kind of where they're at, whether it be a technical, whether it be management or process or compliance or audit, I can, we can sit there and walk through each scenario and we just write it out. And, it, and, and what it does best is it really breaks the ice. It gets all the nerves and all the jitters out of the interviewee and the interviewer too, right? Because we're also nervous, right? 
and it allows us to go through and, and see each other's capabilities and, and see if it really is a match. Because I like that you said um, that the interviewers are nervous because I don't think mm-hmm. people realize that sometimes the interviewer, depending on the level of and how many interviews you do, there's as much nerves on that side as on the other side. So that, that one's cool. Let me shout some people out, some more people, and then we'll get into that. Niall says resumes are overrated and used to filter potential. Zoe says videos make me nervous. I think we were all nervous at a point in time on video. So talk about Naomi talking about practice. So when I very first started doing videos and putting them on LinkedIn, like two and a half, three years ago, I was super nervous. And the reason why I did them is because I got the same tip that Naomi had is giving out. She said, the person told me, I was like, really nervous. You know, like I, I, I have a hard time with video when I'm in front of people, it's different. And she said, take some FAQs and answer them and, you know, just talk into the camera. So your FAQs, your top three, you know, what do people ask you about recruiting? What do people ask you about resumes, things like that? And then answer those and then post it and keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So it's totally a practice thing. It is totally, most of us out here have not been born speakers, James probably, but as for the rest of us, we weren't just... And now, Renee, you're really good at it, right? So, like, the more you practice, the better you get at it, the more yeah. comfortable you are. And also, just remember, no one cares about you as much as you care about yourself. So, like, go ahead and make fun of yourself. It's totally cool. Nobody else will remember uh, except for you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, more comments. Lincoln says, great point on AI. Chris, uh I agree. Cedric says about resumes are overrated. I always let people know I may not know the function, but I guarantee I will figure it out and become an expert, which is what we do in IT. I mean, nothing, anything that was on resumes five, six, seven years ago, it's like almost a waste of time. You're continuously evolving. Like the technology we used a few years ago, I keep bringing up the iPhone. Who had iPhones 10, 15 years ago? Zero. You know, there was no such thing as an app. Everything just keeps changing and changing and changing. So it's all about how quickly you learn and adapt. So 15 Um, years ago, you're right. 10 years ago, people had iPhones. 15. Sorry. All right. Just just so you know, like, you know, facts. Facts. James is here with the facts. Yeah, he's here. James is always here. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to get my new, I can't wait to get my new like little sound effect thing right here that I ordered so I can like record like different voiceovers like facts matter. (laughs) We're like science. really drives my life nuts. I'm like science, honey. That's what this is. Anyway, I I, I will leave that one alone. We digress. (laughs) Nora says, well said, James. I agree with you 110%. We are following the old school way our great grandparents made for us on the hiring process. Yeah. That's like the one thing that hasn't evolved. Our idea of evolving hiring processes, ATSs. Yeah. And LinkedIn. But LinkedIn was derived from that. That's actually really funny. If you like read Mm -hmm. LinkedIn's initial mission, it was like to connect job seekers and employers. It was all recruiters. Yep. The old monster.coms and resume.coms or whatever they're called today. Yeah. Yeah. It literally was the social media of that. Um, I remember being a, a, a budding recruiter and they were like, okay, there's this thing called LinkedIn, like join. And we all were like, I get, you know, our boss said, do it. <laughs> so we did it, but we didn't know. We were like, okay, what is this thing? Like, what, what's going on here? It's like recruiter stalker net. Cause uh, you know, it, it, it was like for my company, I, I was in as like a regular person. And then I, I joined in through the recruiter side to help the recruiters. Yeah. Like, Man, you can really see a lot of info about people. And a lot of stuff back there. <laughs> see a lot of juice back there on the recruiter Mm -hmm. side so david says twitter equals dumpster fire emoji hilarious a party dumpster fire love it is there a dumpster i don't know if it's a party dumpster fire or if it's just like a dumpster fire like from hell that just keeps like burning Uh, with phosphorus (laughs) add some science in there yeah (laughs) 
I would, say, I would say from the hiring manager side, what I use LinkedIn for is like whenever I do see somebody who is really, really good at explaining something or not just technical topics, but anything in general, I write their name down and I have this running list of people that I really want to hire essentially, or at least talk to them about open positions on my team. And this is true. I have names written down on post-it notes and like I can't wait to reach out to them when I have a perfect fit for a SOC analyst or for a security architect. Like these would be the first people that I will call. And um, it's only because I saw you on LinkedIn or you were very professional in your, the way you communicated, not just on my wall, but on someone else's thread or someone else's comment, or you made a really insightful post. And I'm just like, well, this person really has it together and I want to uh, know more about them. And so I have a list. I mean, that's how it works. That's totally, you know, what leaders do, what we all do. You know, social media is it. You, you're on here. We're all on here collectively, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, all of that stuff. And the people who are going to kind of break through the noise are folks that are doing that, that are putting out the videos that, you know, we talk about it every week. The, the young lady who put, we said, hey, do a video. And in 30 seconds, she did a video. And by the end of the week, she had a, two days later or something like that. She reached out to James like, hey, I got a job. She got an internship. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, got a full time opportunity. Like it works. It totally well, and works. she's not the only one. And right. you know, but 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 that's the thing about videos is on paper, nothing like there's only one, there's maybe two or three documents that on paper are worth being on paper. Um, and all the rest should not be on paper anymore. Right? You know, our constitution, our bill of rights, the Bible and the Torah. And the Quran, and 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 that's it. And everything else should be on video at this point. Everything else should be should be on video at this point. Well, like, I mean, I, I, I would even you know go above like the Constitution, right? Because the Constitution itself is a living document, right? So it's like, well, here's the framework. We document the framework. Then everything else is kind of the living portion of it, right? So as society changes, we modify that document according to society and governments. Anyway, this is a whole other podcast. I, I will not go into that one. That, that, that's our civics podcast. It's called We Agree, I Declare. I, um, I, I, I remember, what is it? Well, it was still relatively recent. I, I gave a bunch of civics lessons uh, over the last year. I was like, hey, this is government. Anyway, I, I, again, I will leave that alone. That's not James's civics podcast. It is. It's like my civics podcast. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be groundbreaking. Because I'm going to have a Democrat and a Republican on my podcast every week. Ooh. Oh, like the Hill. Yeah. No, no, they're elected members, and they, all they ha- all we're talking about for 30 minutes is what they agree on. Can we establish principles of agreement? I like that. That's that really no, That's no, cool. don't tell. Like, let's talk about the ideas we can agree that are right for America. There you go. Yep. I'm sick of all the negativity, even in cyber. I was saying something like, you know, kind of talking about. You know, this whole topic, though, but something that's really challenging for me is a lot of the stuff I see in cyber um, that that's really negative. And, and, you know, yesterday I shared this with Renee and, and Naomi, um, a mom and her daughter were arrested and charged for stealing the switching the votes on homecoming queen at their school in Florida. <laughs> um, and you should have seen the like the comments on the story on LinkedIn and people were like, the insider threat is real. And I'm like. Can, can we laugh it off? How about where, where's the laugh emoji here? Like this is like the like I, even the cops that arrested queen. Yeah, they're like um, you couldn't win this one straight up, right? That's what's so funny. And I think my comment was: Is winning homecoming queen that big of a deal? Apparently, you're so. hacking into the system. Like, what do you get for that? Apparently, so a lot of free time. Oh my god! But no, seriously, she had a really like, nice crown. Like so, so, so here's the deal, though. Like everything is so negative all the time that we're forgetting to look at a lot of the positive stuffs that are being done in cybersecurity in general, and also just in general around us, because we're constantly, constantly overwhelmed with the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and the sky is not falling. All right. When I do the CISO Talk podcast, you know, one of the things I ask every CISO is, what's one thing you see us improve on? Like, you know, it's a problem we're solving. And I haven't had one answer repeat itself in over 100 interviews. What does that tell you? 
stuff is what? improving. Yeah, stuff's moving. Stuff improving. Mm -hmm. It's moving. It is right now, it's, moving. it's not going to move at our speed, and it's not may not move the way we always want it to be, but it's moving. And I think we need to focus on that, and we need to continue to have these conversations that derive change that bring more people. But we got to get out of our echo chamber. I and yeah, and and, and uh, I I kind of add to that too because I, I know myself and and I'm very much introverted introverted. So when I say I'm nervous in front of like this crowd or any other crowd, it's it's 100 true. What you guys can't see because I keep moving my ears around is how red they are right now. Uh, but but because I'm nervous, but I you know as we grow professionally, uh, we we get we get to this kind of simplified for, uh, kind of progress, right? And, um, and I, I don't remember who I got it from, so I apologize for, for taking this and applying to this podcast live. But it's like you go through really three simple phases. And that is you go through the learning phase, you go through the earning phase, and you give back. Right? And for me, I, I, I heard that and I said, that's fantastic because it's true. And, and, and part of the challenge I'm now, I'm learning. So I, I, I'm learning, I'm earning, and now I'm also giving back. And I, I view kind of podcasts, whatever else I'm doing is kind of this give back because I'm also part of the, uh, the board of the Cloud Security Alliance in Orange County here in California. And, and, and the, whole, the whole intent is like, look, who needs help? Who needs to get past that learning phase to get to their own earning phase and get to their own giving back? Because all of us here, we're, we're, we're giving back right now, right? I mean, we're obviously, we have to still earn because we have to, you know, stuff that we want to do at home. But it's all about giving back. It's all about improving ourselves, improving our society. And, and, and if we think about it, like all, all the things, all the topics we've discussed, they're all intertwined. Whether it be cybersecurity, whether it be, you know, racial tensions that are, to me, still there. I, it still blows my mind. And then there, you know, all this other stuff that has happened, it's all intertwined and, and we can learn from all those different topics and apply them to what we're doing at work and what we're doing at home. So, and, and there's a ton of people out there that need our help. And I'm more than happy to help those. I'm more than happy to, you know, in some cases, hold their hands. We're probably from six feet away if I can do that. And then, um, you know, to, to, to just be there for people. And because some people have made wrong decisions. I get it. But the, but the positive side of this is, is, you know, we're still here willing to help. And whether that's a positive, a positive or I'm sorry, uh, a bad decision at work or at home, you know, we're here. We're here to help. Uh, I, I made a wrong decision because I was, you know, this type of personality. Okay, great. Well, let's work on that. Well, let's get through that process and then let's come together and get to the right solution. So. Sweet, sweet. So Michael says, hey, guys, this I like this topic. Good information. We have a couple comments going on here. Naomi, um, I'm sorry, Niles has said Naomi Buckwalter, there are a lot of super smart people that can't look anyone in the face and communicate. They may be robotic in delivery and over simulation to meet societal jobs. Society to me, societal jobs can be overwhelming. So there's that as well. But um, that's the exception, not the rule. We have to start making stuff larger so that it's 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 the rules but then have an exception for maybe people in those situations and not you know sometimes we tend to just really want to make everything about every little group like it's got to also be inclusive of all these different groups but we really have to make something for the 90 percent, and then understand that we're going to have to make exceptions for the 10 i agree with that Craig says, hell yeah, lose CVs, resumes, and talk to people like, like in the 90s, way more likely to identify, identify future superstars. Yes, David, <laughs> David Brin says, so in crafting a career, <laughs> and I got three minutes left, we have three minutes. So in crafting a career transitional narrative, is it proper to say recruiters will give weight to showing how you've evolved technical skills to show that you can, not so much that you're an expert in a path, does a certification without experience show a CV recruiter actual skill or just the ability to commit? So, uh, David, there's a, there's a, I will try to make this a super short answer. Certifications do not count as much, especially when you're experienced. The CISOs all here will probably tell you, will echo or nod and say experience trumps certifications, education and everything else, hands down, every day of the week, twice on Sunday. So... Um, when it comes to you want to show kind of like what Naomi was talking about, uh, what Greg was talking about in terms of showing what you can do. That's the thing. They want to be able to say, OK, can this person jump on 
to a keyboard, if I put something in front of them, how are they going to be able to figure out this problem, figure out this challenge, you know, not come to me 99 times and ask questions, you know, figure some of it out yourself. So that's where I think people struggle because they get a degree, they get a cert and they say, oh, I have a degree, I have a cert and, you know, give me a job (laughs) kind of a thing. So um, showing the technical skills and showing how you've evolved the technical skills, especially if you show them in some type of video format is great. Um, From a resume perspective, if you're more seasoned, a leader will want to know what what you've done. So evolution is kind of tricky, but we could talk about it more offline. All right. Nora says, people are scared of change and the only way we can grow is to accept change and embrace innovation. And that is change in diversity and inclusion. The video resume James is adopting is an inclusion. I think everyone loves these. David says, I've been told only with a cert like Security Plus and Network Plus do you show a commitment sufficient to catch attention, but without the job, it's hard to justify a $400 cert. Um, Security Plus, Network Plus is sometimes needed for contract, um, I'm sorry, government contract opportunities. Yeah. All of them, right? You have to have a cert Mm -hmm. for those government contract spots. Especially for the government stuff, you have to have like the specific wording in your resume because it's all automated. It goes to this automated system, so it's like, okay, well, I have to, you know, put all the all the acronyms. And I have to put the words, and I have to put the specific, you know, cert requirements in there, or or it'll just it'll fall to the wayside. Yeah, but other, as for everything else, fix, so for everything else, you don't you. I mean, again, with entry level, it's like okay, we're showing that we're doing we are committed and we did something and we learned something, but you could also show that in different other ways. Mm -hmm. Nora says the constitution was created without diversity and inclusion and years ago, way before we were born, we need to embrace change and come together and move on. That's the only way we can be strong together. Nora, Nora. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he says the story about the mom who used a deep fake to kick girls off her daughter's cheerleading team was wild. I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. Man, moms that. and daughters and computers, y'all are dangerous. <laughs> we need to. You know, you, I, you, you know what's funny? Th- that is danger right there. <laughs> I think we should have. I was literally thinking about this last night. Um, moms and daughters, or moms like series and like a dad series something with the mom let's and the do kid, a documentary especially- mom's hacking to get girls <laughs> <laughs> to get daughters wins especially with Naomi's little one. Oh my god my seven-year-old hacked his ipad <laughs> like moms, moms and kids man I, I'm, I'm, you I'm, got I'm, the I'm, ultimate snowflake message too from dude, the teacher, oh teacher. that was i would i would have replied to the teacher with just a snowflake emoji <laughs> Like literally, that's how that's how I would have replied. Oh like we don't want the teacher he's watching. Seven. He's we seven. Don't, we don't want Greg. My my seven year old hacked his iPad. Does the teacher locked it remotely? But he found a way around it, and he went up to the classroom in the middle of class and said, like, "I love my face." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. God. Anyway, folks, it is the top of the hour. We're one minute late, James. I want to share a good news story because that's how I want to start ending these. So uh, a 77-year-old uh, substitute teacher in California got $27,000 from former students and community because he's been laid off of COVID and was living in his car. And so they raised $27,000 uh, to get him out of the situation he was in. Have faith in humanity yes. because humans are good. We are good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we will see you next week with another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity CISO Thursdays. Bye, everybody. And thank you, Greg. You have to come back. Yeah, I have to bow too. Yes. <laughs> the